I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, November 22nd, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. So, Jay, the hot topic floating around the world of federal money policy is the fall economic statement, which included measures to boost housing supply. That's a good thing, but invited criticism from those who, who think it's a ways off from promises made around fiscal restraint. Now, it sounds like the Feds are switching back and forth in the tabs around Boxing Day deals. They <laughs> want to buy, but they also want to save and they don't really know what to do, which brings me to ask you, besides the fall economic statement. Are you in the market for some Black Friday deals? I know we're a bit early, but it feels like every day, every year it gets earlier. It does get earlier. I'm not really in the market, but I have my eyes on some hockey gear, both kids and adults. So that's what my eye is on for this Black Friday, but they don't often go on sale, certainly not right before the season generally. What about you? Yeah, that makes sense. Like I'm trying every year I tell myself I'm going to start my Christmas shopping earlier and this year is no different. And so I'll keep my eyes out for things, but yeah, I don't count on it. That's for sure. Well, we'll check back on Monday to see what we bought on Friday. Brett, aside from what you might shop for on Friday, what do we have for Peak Calls today? For our first story, CSCZ. For our second story, Quebec just bowled a turkey because it got three straight strikes. And for our third story, Northvolt makes EV battery breakthrough. For our first story, it feels like earth-shattering developments upending the entire crypto industry becoming a November tradition. Last year, it was FTX's collapse. This year, it's Binance paying billions. What's the latest in the roller coaster of crypto, Brett? So the world's largest crypto exchange will pay $4.3 billion after pleading guilty to charges of money laundering, unlicensed money transmitting, and sanctions violations. Now, as part of the deal, founder Chengpeng Zhao, CZ, or CZ for Jay, will step down as CEO. The deal lets CZ retain his majority ownership stake, though he will be sentenced for felony money laundering and could face further criminal charges. Now, the Chinese-Canadian billionaire is evidently very aware of the fact that he currently resides in the UAE, which notably does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. Lucky for him. Now, to catch you up, the U.S. Department of Justice has been investigating Binance since 2020, and today it unveiled a whole whack of financial crimes committed by the firm. Most notably, Binance allowed the trading of funds from sanctioned countries like Iran and Syria. Binance isn't out of the woods yet. It's still facing separate lawsuits from the U.S. Securities Exchange Commission, the SEC, and Commodity Futures Trading Commission. And it matters because the settlement allows Binance to keep operating, albeit with its coffers $4 billion lighter, rather than face a potential shutdown from criminal sanctions. That's good news not just for Binance, but for the crypto industry as a whole, which just avoided a minor collapse. Binance is a pillar of the crypto world, owning a 40% market share and responsible for as much as two-thirds of all transfers on centralized crypto exchanges. Here's a quote from crypto journalist Jacob Silverman telling Wire, If FTX's collapse wasn't the end of consumer crypto as we know it, the collapse of Binance definitely would be. The bottom line is the DOJ has prosecuted two powerful ex-crypto CEOs within a month of one another, which should serve as a warning shot to all crypto criminals out there. For our second story, a coalition of 420,000 Quebec public sector employees from four different unions, dubbed the Front Commune, are on the second leg of a three-day strike. So how's this all going to play out, Jay? Well, the strikers are a ragtag assemblage of fed-up public workers, including orderlies, hospital technicians, and the majority of high school and elementary school teachers. This strike is the first of three public worker strikes set to hit Quebec this week alone. Now, tomorrow, FIQ, the union representing 80,000 licensed nurses, respiratory therapists, and clinical perfusionists, is set to begin a two-day strike. More teachers will also hit the picket line. FAE, which represents about 65,000 teachers working at major francophone school boards, is kicking off an indefinite strike. 
And it's happening because, like many of us these days, Quebec public sector workers are feeling burnt out and underpaid. The unions rejected an offer for a 10.3% salary increase over five years, instead demanding a three-year deal with increases pegged to inflation. And it matters because in a year full of labor action, Quebec's strike could be the most militant. The province has the country's second highest unionization rate and, as one sociologist told the CBC, the strongest labor movement in North America, which is thanks to its strong labor heritage. Unions in the province have a history of going hard to get what they want, the infamous 1972 general strike being the foremost example. The FAE has signaled its willingness to go as long as it takes, even if that means workers will go without strike pay to secure a good deal. Next, a conciliator has been brought in to facilitate contract negotiations between the Hong commune, unions, and the provincial government. Well, I guess we'll see how that goes. We shall see. For our third story, as if giving the world IKEA, ABBA, and Spotify wasn't already enough, Sweden is also solving a major hurdle for EV battery production. Yes, yeah, so here's what happened. Swedish startup Northful has developed a sodium ion battery free of the critical and pricey metals that lithium ion batteries require, a breakthrough which could make EV batteries cheaper and cut manufacturers' current reliance on Chinese metals. Now, Northvolt has reportedly built a battery that produces a level of energy that's nearly on par with lithium batteries, a feat that had previously eluded manufacturers. Sodium ion batteries are cheaper and safer than their lithium-based counterparts, which rely on metals like lithium, cobalt, and nickel that are concentrated in China. And it matters because prices for critical metals are being driven up as manufacturers race to lock up supply to scale production. If Northvolt can mass-produce batteries that aren't reliant on scarce and financially volatile metals, it would ease concerns around the supply of batteries. The bottom line is Northvolt still needs to build the factories to manufacture the new batteries. But as Chinese competitors play catch up, the company's breakthrough has given it a nice head start in an ultra-competitive EV battery market. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Have a great Wednesday, Peak Pals. When you give me shock. 